Good morning and welcome to an absolutely even more um, unbelievable episode than last week. We're talking exclusive interviews, never before heard content on the Sunday Conversation podcast. Um, enter ESPN, da 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 da, Sports Center. Um, do you think I got them hooked yet? Yeah, dude. Nobody has right. nobody has stopped listening yet. <laughs> uh, we got a Sunday Conversation podcast hosted by Aaron and I, and presented by Loyalty Liquors, Taco Casa, Dickie's Barbecue, and One Stop Convenience. How the heck are you, bro? Um, I am good. <laughs> I gotta work on my news anchor in- in- intro, but yeah, I mean it's only been a hundred. It's well, hard to you, like to, to be it's fair. Hard to, like yell, you know, like or like get yeah. excited. You need like you know a, yeah, a well, proper microphone setup. I think. Yeah, please, well, please don't yell either. Like I don't, you know, you're just the only person you'd be yelling at is me and my ears. Exclusive, um, never before heard content coming live. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, you, well, you got plenty of time to work on it. You've only been doing the intro now for like 150 episodes. So, you know, one day you'll, uh, you'll figure it out, but, um, I'm good. No, it's, uh, we're, we're getting into my full blown. Yeah, dude, this is the, season. This, this is, uh, welcome, welcome to pound town, as they say in the liquor biz. I well, think I've heard that before. And uh, it's, I don't, I was just texting my sister before we started because i'm i'm gonna go try and do as much of my christmas as of our christmas shopping tomorrow as i can because like this is it like this is the last chance i'm gonna have before this is the christmas. last fleeting moments that you have before dude yeah it's all hands Seriously. on deck as i mean say. i'm bartending tonight i'll go do that tomorrow i'm bartending next friday i have an event saturday I mean, I could go next Sunday, but I mean, that's going to be a shit show. Obviously, the closer you get to Christmas, the more fucking nuts everything gets. But uh, so, yeah, it's, we're definitely getting there. Um, it's been a it's been a hectic week, but it's over now. Um, we made it through. And uh, the reality is, is that in three weeks from tomorrow or three weeks from today, really, it's all over with. So it is what it is. Um but I'm good. I do have a couple things I want to touch on, but I want to ask you how your week was first because that's more important than the things I want to touch on. My week was great. Nothing out of the ordinary, I would say. <clears throat> aside from aside from the markets moving. That's Oh, could go crypto, baby. That was that's all I would say. It's like, you know. There's ex- we're back. Is this our third ever? Our third, <laughs> our, third, our third bull market? Well, it is it is interesting you should bring that up because I did see yesterday that – because sometimes I notice they, they move – like the, the, the crypto market will move opposite of what the major indexes or indices are doing. Um, I mean, not always, but sometimes. So – Yesterday, the S and P five hundred closed at its highest level since July of twenty twenty two. But also, you've got crypto, which is on a has been on a great run the last I don't know two weeks or so. I would say, um, which is funny because I have a I have a friend who I talk investing with, and uh, 
it was maybe a month and a half ago or so I was walking Sasha at the park and he called me and he's like, I just sold all my Bitcoin. And I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he, Lord have mercy. When was that? It was, it was, I think it was still under 30 K at that time. Um, oh, so he just would have been up a quick 15 G's if he just. Well, and so, so he sold it and he bought into um, that, uh, you, you know, that uh, company that the uh, Masterworks. I don't. Oh, okay. Never. Well, here, Ben, I'll educate you. So Masterworks is a company that allows you to invest in fine art. So you can. No I, shit. I guess the way it works is basically you buy in on say uh, we'll use a Banksy as Aaron, a, is this like is this like that thing they were promoting a while back where like you buy into like the tr- the sports card what was that oh it was like, um remember like I feel like it was like uh Gary what v it was doing it yeah it's like you, you kind of like own a stake in like yeah you know like a whatever michael jordan rookie card or, yep. or something like that same, same exact concept okay because right. it exists for wine too yeah but, but i feel like i feel like art's tough because is for one is the piece that is like the auction call it an auction house what are we calling them masterwork yeah. An auction there, house? I mean, I, I don't what really if need... they own a fraudulent piece of artwork and they're just like sure. saying it's worth eighty thousand dollars or you know, I don't know, eighty million dollars. And uh I feel like uh I feel like all that stuff is tough. But that's exactly why that's probably why the, the gold you know, like the the gold standard of the dollar. So I'm looking at their website right now. And like they have a Banksy, they have a Keith Haring. Uh, fuck is this artist's name? Who's a mid-century modern artist, American. Shout artist. out to Banksy. I saw, I saw that. I saw your work down in uh, old Old Town, oh, Panama right. City. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and I saw your work in Bergen, Norway, where I was like, "Is this a Banksy?" Um, the only this- person I could, I was like, I gotta tell Aaron. Like, and I texted you like, "Is." Cause I didn't have Wi-Fi walking the right. streets. I'm like, dude, I thought I just saw a Banksy today. Uh, but... Mark, Mark Rothko is this artist's name that I'm thinking of. God damn. The fact that I know even anything about art impresses myself. Um, but so they, so like, this is what's on their website. It says, uh, you know, how it works. We select the artists. Our research team uses our proprietary, proprietary data to determine which artist markets have the most momentum. We purchase the art. We securitize the art. So we file an offering circular with the Securities and Exchange Commission allowing anyone to invest. We hold the artwork for three to 10 years, sell your shares on the trading market, and then our private sales team sells the painting. So basically, I mean, art's a weird one. I watched this great documentary one time. I think I- Dude, art? Yeah, I thought like art is like the number one biggest um, money laundering Oh yeah, in, in, in the, terms in of the taxes, world. yeah, in terms of taxes. If you've ever seen the Christopher Nolan movie Tenant, they talk about that how millionaires and billionaires will buy art and then store them in these tax havens, and basically they accrue value, but they're not paying taxes on any of it because they're in these like these like vaults and these tax havens. And then, you know, when it comes time, they sell the paintings and stuff. But it's a way to accrue 
uh, net worth without like, you know, taking on a ton of financial risk. I mean, obviously the risk with art is whether it's fake or not, but I watched this documentary a long time ago. Uh, I think it was called Blurred Lines um, uh, documentary about art. Yeah. Blurred Lines Inside the Art World. Um, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. If anybody wants to watch it, it's actually super interesting, but basically it was like how these auction houses will like boost like basically how they manipulate the market to make paintings and artists like worth more money so say you're a painter ben and you you know you make a good impression and someone wants to kind of boost you to the top or they see value in your paint your paintings and they they can make money off you they will say buy your paintings for like ten thousand dollars and then turn it around and sell it at an auction house for like fifty thousand dollars and then they'll have somebody kind of like on the inside that will buy it for fifty thousand dollars and then six months to a year later, run it back through the auction house for 400 grand. And now that painting has just accrued 40 X value by them manipulating the price and them driving it up and basically saying like Ben Schoenberger is the next big thing because we jacked the prices on his paintings up, uh, you know, kind of daisy. Um, it was really interesting and it was, and it was pretty well done, but um so I guess with, so he sold all, his, to get back to where this all started, he sold his Bitcoin and bought into a, a Banksy on Masterworks. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, how it, but if he had just kept his money and yeah, I mean, crypto has been running up, which has been nice, but it's funny because he called me and he was like asking my opinion. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, crypto's a weird one. I don't really pay attention to what's happening anymore. I just kind of own what I own. And, you know, if it goes up great and, I'm already in the black on it. So I really don't have to do anything with it. And uh, it's just funny because it does seem like when crypto starts to run, it just runs unlike any other asset. And then, you know, you're left sitting there kicking yourself for, for selling it, which, you know, I've done in the past and I've been in his shoes. So I totally get it, but <clears throat> it is nice to see the net worth go up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It'll be interesting, especially now, because we've never had a bull run with BlackRock involved, you know? Yeah, and it, um, it's, it's well, at least BlackRock on paper, you know, right? Like behind closed doors, who knows what's happened with, you know, like top executives at a company. I guess they does it. Does an executive on a board of a company have to show their like filings? Like, do, you, do or is that is like it just their like per uh, personal filings? Yeah, or is that mm -hmm. just like um, people in the government? People in the government, obviously, hedge funds themselves have to. Um, hedge funds themselves have to. Uh, I, I guess I just mean that, like you declare. know, now. I don't think so, no. though. I don't. I mean, I don't think private citizens. I mean, it comes out in your tax return, but like, that's there's no buying and selling. There's no telling if, like, when, you know, if they say what's up is down. You know, it's like Jamie Dimon. Um, whatever he's you know big time CEO when he's like trash talking crypto saying mm -hmm. like it's not real you know is this was years ago it's like is he are they really he just, just like, he just said it he just said it again this week he just came out right. again this week and said the government should shut it down all right well is that this is 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 he saying that but like in reality he's like stacking this shit you know. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's a if it's a matter of he's trying to manipulate. I mean, you know, he's the CEO of JP Morgan and 
obviously those big investment banks will do things where they'll say downgrade a stock or you know move a stock from a buy to a hold or a buy to a sell which you know people always will listen and then take their advice and then they can kind of artificially like exactly what you're just talking about the art for right, crying out right. loud like an it's artificially like... move the price and buy more or sell or whatever um i don't know i, I think jamie diamond probably thinks that like crypto is kind of counterproductive to the financial system to some degree and either jp morgan doesn't have a stake and wants the price to go down so they can take a stake or he just doesn't believe in it i mean either way it's it's some kind of price manipulation and i mean jp jamie diamond's like his whole entire um call it his existence in like you know the business world and like his paycheck is based on making sure you know small people in the game are buying into call it you know a u.s dollar backed um asset asset whatever you want to call it because that's like what his you know his business is based off whereas it's like in reality you're telling somebody to buy something that they're you know printing an infinite amount of it's like there's no i mean like it's like if he's telling people to buy crypto like or or like this other asset that's other than you know a a US dollar backed asset he's hurting himself and his and his and his bonuses at the end of the year it's like you know JP Morgan is a, is a bank based on would you call it the US dollar right fiat money yeah so if his bank doesn't do well then he doesn't make as much money but like at the same time, I wonder truly, I mean, he clearly knows that they're printing infinite amount of money, trillions of dollars daily. It's like you you wonder at what point you know this shift will start to happen. Who's it Larry Fink? Why is Larry Fink for it and and you know Jamie Dimon is against it? Yeah, I mean that and this is something we've touched on in the past, but like you always have to take when you're when you're looking at what people are saying what their ulterior motives are you know like a larry fink you know he probably is vested heavily and it, it benefits him if the price moves up jp jp diamond jamie diamond may not be personally invested or the bank may not be personally invested and therefore he doesn't want to see the price goes up go up because that moves money away from traditional asset classes and moves it into um you know things they don't have any control over I just looked it up. JP Morgan's total assets are four trillion dollars. So I think they're doing just fine no matter what. And what's BlackRock's? Like 13. Are they in the tr- BlackRock total assets? No, 170 177 billion. That doesn't seem right. No, a- okay. That's their total assets, but their assets under management is 8.5 trillion because they, they obviously are managing other people's money too. Um right. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's definitely interesting, um, but you know, hey, buy and hold, and at the end of the day, it helps to be diversified, and it's nice to see uh, nice to see some price movement we haven't seen in uh, in a little while. Which yeah, is- we love action. We love action. 
We love action, Ben. We're definitely action guys. Um, but uh, one, one of the other things, this is a total left turn, no pun intended. You'll see why in a second. Are you familiar with the John DeLorean story? Are we talking like DeLorean, the car? DeLorean motor cars, yep. Okay. Unfamiliar. So, mm. so I watched enlighten I watched a movie the other night that was like based on real events and I looked it up afterwards and a lot of this actually happened. So John DeLorean was a automobile designer in Detroit in like the 50s and 60s. So he was responsible for like the Pontiac GTO and like you know some of the great American muscle cars were were John DeLorean's creations. And uh, <clears throat> so after he left GM, he started his own company, the DeLorean Motor Car Company, which is or DeLorean Motor Cars, which is obviously everybody knows the DeLorean. Yeah, from back, back to, to the, the future, future, dog. Right. So and like that was his whole thing was like creating like a futuristic car that was um, fuel efficient, had good performance, was, you know, sleek looking, futuristic looking, had it had gold wing doors. Uh, all that stuff. So he starts the company. He gets the funding. Uh, he built was building the cars in Northern Ireland, which I didn't know. And uh, as the cars start to be released, there's all kinds of problems with them. Like they were from all understanding. Like I don't think the DeLorean was like a well-made automobile. Um, and so the company starts to flounder and he's he's borrowed so much money and he he can't pay it back because people aren't buying the cars and all this shit. So he got set up. This is the interesting part of the story. He got set up in an FBI sting operation where he was trying to buy $30 million worth of cocaine to flip that he needed the cash to keep the DeLorean motor car company afloat. And he got set up by the FBI in this $30 million cocaine sting and got fucking arrested uh, for, for, uh, for, you know, trafficking cocaine. And then he went to prison and he was making car blueprints for pennies on the dollar. No, apparently he well, So then he got acquitted of everything. He got out of it all because uh, they they deemed it to be entrapment, that basically it wasn't his idea to do it. And he was entrapped by the FBI. So he got off on everything. But I just found that super fascinating that this this guy who who had, you know, had his own car, his own car company decided to um uh hey tough economic times call for tough economic measures you I mean, know it's just how much do you think a delorean is going for right now ben i'd say you could get a delorean for uh twenty six thousand dollars uh well they're all apparently they're oh okay so you can i don't think you're getting off that cheap Okay. The cheapest, the cheapest one I see on here is a 1981 DeLorean DMC 12, which I think was the original one for 55 grand. There's another okay, one. So on, there's another one on here actually that has the Bitcoin logo on the hood, but it's all <laughs> it's all decked out. It's all decked out in like Back to the Future, like looks like the Back to the Future car, 215 grand. What a weird looking car! I've seen a DeLorean before in real life. They're, they're Aaron. They used cars. there used to be three. Do you remember cruising on Maine? Yeah, that car show on yep. Mansion. Sure. There used to be three of them parked next to each other. I remember, like growing up. That's uh, at I least just, two of them. Minimum two. I, they would always be there. 
yeah, I just uh, I found that I found that story to be super. I didn't know any of that. I knew about John DeLorean. I knew knew his background and all that stuff. I didn't know all that story. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on, Ben, I don't know if you saw this. It's just uh, the United States doing the United States things. There was another UN uh, UN Council vote yesterday to uh, call for a ceasefire in uh, in Gaza. Uh, for humanitarian efforts and the United States again was the only country that vetoed it and uh and so the things go on 13 to 1 because it has to be unanimous so the uh, United States was the one veto which keeps the war going incredible you don't say it's, it's, it, would you almost think, like would, at, you know it's like it's almost like they want to keep the war going. Is that what you're getting sure, from it? Sure seems like it. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's so um, crazy. Dude. It's uh it's scary times. It really is. And I really almost think it's like you know, now the more that I've been out of the country, it's like all this shit talking about these other countries being so unsafe and it's like, look in the mirror folks. Yeah. Not, and I don't mean that like, I don't mean it like truly unsafe, but like whatever it may be like unsafe decisions or just like, there's no rhyme or reason to anything that, that goes on, you know? And it's like, at this point, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit scary. You know, it's like the old newsroom, the newsroom uh, quote, you know, it's like America is not the best country on earth. Like, great show hasn't hasn't been. And. okay, let's rephrase that. It is the absolute best country on earth in terms of. um, You know, a capitalistic from a capitalistic standpoint, it's it's far and away the best country on earth. Sure. If you want, if you are, have the mentality of just making money and money is everything. No doubt. The United States is, is the way to, you know, do it. It's like they run, you know, they're running scams in the United States from, you know, computer desks in India. It's like, go to the United States. If you want to make money in any sense of the word, mm. you know? So it's like, you know, and it's that being said, it's like you lose the perspective of like, you know, like kind of just like living as opposed to like, you know, it's like you go to another country and you see it's like, OK, they're just they're just trying to get a meal on the table and they're living for today and that's it. And it's like you come here and it's like, I mean, here, perfect example. I'm looking across. Our, our nice little pond in the backyard at the neighbor's house. They got, um, it's all right. I'm going to go left to right. Okay. We got a Cadillac, like a, like a two thousands Cadillac Escalade with, um, like 25 inch rims and these like tires sticking out, um, like eight inches wider than the side of the car. Okay, to the left of that, we got a brand new uh, uh, Tahoe, like brand or Denali or whatever that is, a G- GMC Tahoe, 
or a brand new vehicle. Then we got a Ford, a jacked up Ford, same thing, tires wide. Um, we got um, a two boats. There's a Chevy that has one of those Carolina squats that has, um, you know, 30 fucking inch tires, same shit. And then to the left of that is another like Chevy Tahoe with like a lean on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is, it's like, that's what people in the United States are fighting for. Like, that's what they, you know, if that makes any sense. And now, Aaron, this is bad radio, but I'm just going to send you the picture so you just don't think I'm a complete, like, making this shit up. But here is camera. Let me get a little zoom. That's the American dream. Stack up depreciating assets, baby. Get as many of them as you can. Okay. I just sent it to you. Like, and that's the thing. It, it It's just like, we're, like, we're so skewed on, oh, yeah. you know, what, what's important. Like, I'm not kidding. You. I'm, I'm legitimately not kidding you. Yeah. Like all of those things I just said are real. Like they have gigantic rims and, you know, yeah. it's like, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's just like, what's wrong with it is that the you know it's like these people aren't taught to you know do something with their money rather than like trick their i don't know dude maybe i'm sounding ridiculous it's just like the it's exactly it there's you got people in another country that find an old bicycle or whatever on the side of like this town is not big yeah you know it's three miles long so it's like they're not going far right it's like you could get a bicycle or, or or whatever it's like all of those vehicles in that driveway are not like for use it's like you can't work out of the back of that truck you can't haul stuff with that truck you for your freaking bumpers eight feet up in the air it's like <laughs> you know it's like you can't even freaking and that and that is just looking out that's the perspective i have right in this moment because i can i can see it so it's you know, you drive around and you see it everywhere. Yeah, which is, is we have like it, it's interesting. I saw something this week that was like the American dream now costs three point four million dollars. Basically, like what it costs if you want to raise a family and it, you know what it's gonna cost over the course of you know how whatever. What are they even classifying as like the American dream? Like your own home, yeah, nice yeah. vehicle. Having having a couple kid having a couple kids being able to send them to college, you know, having not, not even, not even like living, like what, like living comfortably in America is is from, they basically said from, you know, when you graduate high school. So like the start of your college career to raising kids to college age, it costs you $3.4 million. And like, you know, that's today. And it's, it's obviously nothing's getting any cheaper. I mean, gas prices have come down a little bit, which is nice, but, um, you know, it's not getting any cheaper. And so I think to your point, you know, the lack of financial literacy in uh, across America, you know, teaching anybody anything about finances. And then, you know, people go out and they want to buy a, a truck and, and lift it and put it on 36 inch tires and, you know, and, and it's flashy and it looks good and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a depreciating asset. You're dumping money into something you're never going to get your money back on. And that money could be better spent just driving a 
you know, a, a car that gets the job done, gets you from point A to point B. And uh, well, the best part is, is and dude, he, hey, I'm not I'm not sitting here like talking smack or, or anything like that. I'm just clearly stating the obvious. It's I wonder how many of those vehicles over there the bank owns. Sure. Well, all of them, probably. You know, it's just like. That's the crazy. That's like the crazier thing. It's like you're putting you're putting hard earned money into into an asset that you don't even you know own. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess I'm I should just stop talking about this. But now I'm really now I'm really engaged at this point. It's like we truly are in a time where there is a completely like a complete lack or misunderstanding of how money works because, and it, it, it really is nuts. And maybe, maybe Aaron, it's just the thing. The thing is, is like, we've kind of like seen how it works, you know? So like, what are we like, you know, five years into it, seeing how money works, sure. right? Call it that. And in those five years, like, you know, what have you done with money? A lot. Like, you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's on this podcast. It's noted. It's like, you know, you joked like, oh, I, I doubled my net worth again this year and I doubled it again. So now you're up four times in after, after two and a half years of even trying it, you know, right. and it's just like that it truly is the, the type of thing that it's like people, you know, they don't want you to know because all of a sudden it, it's like, if you have all these people understanding the game, you know, it's like, if hey, if there's going to be this game, which this is just a game, you might as well play it, you know? It's like everything <laughs> else, and it's like everything else seems, if you don't play it, and that's the problem. It's the people that are talking about this game is their great-great-grandparents started playing the game. Sure. And now they're, now they're where they are. Right. And they, their great, great grandparents passed down this knowledge to them. Like, this is how you play the game. Right. And it's like, then you have all these normal folks, you know, like us who, you know, it's like, we never had a tough life growing up or like anything like that. So I don't, I don't think we ever not had food on the table type sure. of thing, but it's like, that doesn't mean that, you know, we were playing the, the, the game that, the elites were, you know, by any means, it's like, so you just got to start it at some point. And that's the problem is like, you know, we live in this world that's like impossible to try to start it, but you just gotta have to, like you yeah. have to. Well, it, it goes back to principles we've talked about on here before is that like you, everybody wants to get from point A to point B and point A being where you're at and point B being, you know, financial freedom, security, you know, the, ability to travel whatever whatever your personal desires are and you know the the reality of that journey for a lot of people is that it takes a long time and it takes consistency and it takes patience and it takes discipline and like it's just that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow that you know you're not going to get from point a to point b in two years like it's going to take a long time but once you find that discipline and you find that understanding of what you're doing and you have your goals for yourself and you learn how to live within your means, like, and you start to see the dividends pay off, it gets a lot easier. 
but it's just about getting started and understanding where you're starting from. And like, there's mistakes along the way. I've made plenty of financial mistakes. I've made fucking, I've had to basically start over financially twice in my life, in my adult life. Like, you know, there's, there's learning that comes from that. But once you start getting to a point where you're comfortable with what you're doing and you look at it and like, you know, I was just going through my finances the other day and I'm like, huh, like, okay, I'm good. Like, I always feel this like nagging anxiety that everything's going to fucking, you know, the bottom's going to drop out and I'm going to be fucked. But then like you sit down and you look into it and you're like, no, all right. Like I'm actually okay. Like everything's okay. And I can handle, I can handle a major unplanned for expense if I have to, like what it would suck obviously, but like I've figured out my goals through enough errors over the years that like now you get to a point where it gets, it gets easier. It just does get easier. And, uh, but I think to your point, like, taking that first step is the hardest part for people like knowing where to start and, and learning and, and taking it from there. Like it, that's the hardest part for sure. Yeah. Shit, man. And that's the thing. I think we also live in like an unbelievably interesting time in that. Well, I say that, but then again, it's like, you know, at every point in life, there has been these opportunities, you know, it's like, we talked about your dad being able to buy freaking, you know, Apple or Amazon mm-hmm. for, yeah. for like, you know, cents or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, I, I got into Ethereum when it was $7 a piece, right. you know, it's like, I bought my first two Ethereum for $20 or $22, I think. So I started watching it at seven bucks and then I finally pulled the trigger at 11, you know, and it, it's like. I watched that grow to what did it go to 4,800 bucks at one point and then yeah. dropped all the way back down to $900. And you know, now it's back to $2,300. It's just like there were always going to be um, since we live in America in this capitalistic place, it's like, there's always going to be something to jump on or get in on, you know, from, um, in you know, infancy. It's like uh Maybe just you just gotta hey, pay attention. Yeah, no kidding. And open open your mind a little. It's like you think I mean shit, when I was trying to explain this shit to you in what was it, twenty seventeen. Seventeen. That, was it where was it bar, was the it gathering bar, uh, oh well bar taco at first and then we went to the gathering the next morning oh yeah yeah you were, I, that, was, that was one of the funniest conversations no ever. we're sitting at bar taco there's fucking 50 people around us and you and i are just standing like again next to each other and you're trying to explain this stuff to me and show me diagrams i'm like i don't know what the fuck any of this means like let's talk about it tomorrow but you were right and and you know there, there well it's is, not that i was right hey i wasn't right i I learned this information from someone else. It's like, yeah, but there was open. somebody, you know, it's like right about it. At that point, it's 2017. That's, you know, it had been around since 2013. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I think, I mean, I think some crazy things are going to happen here. Hyperinflation, well, like we're entering it. So that means it's going to hyperinflate assets. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got a minute and 18 seconds left. So I think that's as good a place as any to end it, but yeah, don't be afraid to take a risk, do your research and uh, you got to start somewhere. 
the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. 197 in the books. I don't know if you said the, Oh, I never, I right? didn't. Well, it's 197. Well, cause it was so interesting and new and exclusive. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh boy, Benny. All right, pal. I'm going to go, uh, do some Christmas shopping and, uh, yeah, get her done, dude. Hey, hey, capitalism, baby. Woo! Woo! Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right, buddy. Love you. Love you.